everybody. Welcome back to another episode of College Football Sunday. I'm Steve. With me always is Taz. What's up, everybody? What's going on? Yes, we want to first and foremost, we want to give a happy shout out to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, I like to say be safe out there, man. I know, dude, it's hot everywhere. It's steaming. <laughs> yes, it is, especially down in the south. <laughs> yeah, so, so be careful outdoors and doing do an events. So make sure you stay hydrated and stay inside and shade. Be cool. All right. All right. So this episode, we're going to talk about the Big Ten East Division. One of the hot topics in the Big Ten this year, this offseason, is the TV deal. We haven't quite closed the deal yet, but from the rumors and everything that I'm hearing is that it'll probably be about mid-July. And once that happens, you know, we'll touch on it some more and give you all some more updates on all that. But right now, from what I'm hearing, it's about $1.1 billion a year. That's big. I mean, if equal sh- revenue sharing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll be broke up equally amongst the teams. Okay. Okay. So that'll definitely have programs. But there again, I mean, it depends on how they want to distribute it. That is true. I mean, right now, with that, it's like $77, 78000000 million, something huge, like that, man. each school. Yeah, per, per year. year. Per yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, per year. Yeah, of course, it'll help some of the other... Uh, athletic departments, but it'd be huge for football. Oh, yeah, very huge for football, very, especially in the Big Ten. They're highly vested in their teams and yeah. football they are. And they do other sports and everything, but I think the Big Ten kind of hangs their shoulders on. Football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe that will help um, Ryan Day. I mean, Ryan Day says, hey, Ted, uh, <laughs> I need $13 million to pay these kids. Yeah, yeah, but... There again, we don't want to get too much back in the NIL thing, but as far as boosters, now see that that'll be from TV revenue. I don't know how much that'll be distributed to kids, or that's going to be just throughout the university versus the NIL coming from boosters and donators, and you know, yeah, from the outside not, sources, yeah, it yeah. would. Yeah, that money goes to the athletic department, and technically they can't. But right. I guess maybe under Ryan Day, from what I can understand from it, is that if you had a "Quote unquote salary cap," I mean, thirteen million to give to the football team out of seventy-seven, seventy-eight million you make off the TV deal seems pretty plausible. Yeah, right now, because well, yeah. but of course, you know, somebody else gonna set the market. They'll say, "Yeah, we're gonna. I need thirteen. Our boss said I need 20. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> he really ain't got much to say up until last. Not year, right so, now, but you but, know, you can see how the market. Like I said, you have a guy like uh, Stroud, which was. You know, or is a Heisman um, Trophy candidate, and he, if he sets the market a certain wage or wager, uh, uh, where there may be another guy come up behind him and say, "Hey, my numbers are pretty similar to yeah. his," and like, "What's up?" Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I saw an NIL deal that um, CJ Stroud got that it said where he can choose and change vehicles every 60 days or something like that from a dealership yeah he has like a two hundred thousand dollar g-wagon right now yeah sometimes i I think it's over recruiting oh yeah yeah i mean like i don't really need every 60 days three months i mean really to change you know i mean it's good to have the option as a kid but or anybody but really every 60 days i would like it (laughs) Yeah, but age 60, you're going to change every six. I mean, you know. No, I wouldn't go through the aggravation of it. I'm yeah. too busy for all that. Yeah, just get you something that's low-key and chill. You know, might you might do a car this month. Might do, a, you know, another 
SUV three months. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, the thirteen million. I don't, I don't know how Ryan Day broke it down per position or per player or something like that. But the one thing I will give Ryan Day is he quit beating around the bush and he gave a real number. Like, a, yeah. you know, I mean, like we talked about with the Jimbo and Saban thing back and forth. You pay for them. You pay for them. I need this money. I need that. You got to do it. You got to do that. At least Ryan Day said, hey, look, cut me a check, $13 million. I can pay my team. We're good. Yeah. And that's that's pretty, I mean, it's good and it's fair because now other teams can set their, you know, their standard of what they need. Oh, know? yeah. Once you start setting numbers, it kind of, now you can somewhat from the, from the Blue Bloods, the big, the big dogs, it's kind of balance it out. Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, if Ryan Day needs thirteen, you can't tell me Indiana says I need twenty. No, they'll try to they'll try to somewhere <laughs> so, somewhere stay around there. Yeah, of course. You, you know? know, maybe Indiana needs ten million for what they got. Yeah, or maybe even less. I mean, you, you got to consider how you recruiting also. You know? Oh yeah, but yeah. they're bringing in a lot of fives, so the fives are setting standards <laughs> high. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they got a lot of options. Oh yeah, you know, across the country, I can go anywhere. This you, you it's like a bidding war. Oh yeah, they, for sure. A lot of guys, not saying they're not good players or anything, but the bidding war may not be as strong as the guys that Indiana's recruiting. Yeah, no, I'm 100 percent with you on that because that's what I was kind of thinking too. I was like, well, if he needs 13, and like you said, if you're recruiting two stars, three stars, no yeah. stars. You can't come to me and tell me, oh, yeah, hey, over here we need $13 million too. Well, you yeah. need $13 million, You better get $13 million. Yeah, I'm not in players. Like I said, to, 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 <laughs> not this, just to, to harp on Indiana, but anyone that um, hadn't been pretty much winning division since he left Ohio State. Yeah. If you give me 10 now I can get in that, that battle. Oh, yeah. But if I give you $10 million, $13 million, I want you – if I give you the same money I'm get, that Ohio State gets mm-hmm. – I want you to compete like Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, as far as recruiting war, yeah, they will compete. And and then there again, if you got the better players on the field, you can compete. Yeah, and it, it'll, it'll spread out. But also, though, you better win games. You better yeah. win games. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm well, not going mean, to give you all this money to. Yeah. I, and the bad part is, like we talked about in previous episodes, is like in the SEC West, there's going to be a $6 million coach that finishes in last place. Mm-hmm. The same reason I'm not going to give him $6 million to finish in last is the same reason I'm not going to give Illinois, Indiana, Rutgers, not not trying to dog those teams, but there's no way I'm going to give those teams $13 million like Ohio State needs, and I don't get Ohio State numbers. Yeah, but that's an interesting point, too, though. Just say Ryan Day is he looking at $13 million. Now, of course, I don't even care how I mean how well CJ Stroud is playing. He's making about eight million, right? Uh, Ryan Day. Somewhere around uh, Ryan Day. Ryan yeah, Day. yeah, Ryan, Ryan Day is around eight million. Okay, yeah. now first of all, he's not gonna pay someone more than he's making. No, of course not. You know of course saying? not. No. And, and he's he's not gonna wanna pay guys too much more than his coaches are making. Yeah. So that, he, that's a slippery slope. Maybe you could your quarterback. But then again, too, we still run into, like, the NFL is a professional level, and mm-hmm. they know that. Like, the coaches know, okay, yeah, you know, Peyton Man is going to make more than the offense coordinator or yeah. the head coach and stuff like that. But these kids out here are college kids, Heisman candidates, mm-hmm. Blitnikoff, Remington, all that. Are they still – it's hard – It'd be harder to tell your coaches that these kids are going to make more money than you. 
Yeah, but that, but the, the thing the thing that I see also in the recruit battle, you know, for these kids who's who's nil is, is a top priority where there's a bidding war. You have more flexibility if you're making anywhere from to seven to the ten million dollar coaches. Yeah, because you're not challenged to where this guy's salary may be close to my salary. Oh yeah, no, you know what I'm no, saying? If I'm making no. nine, ten million dollars a coach, I'm not challenged. But if you're in a lower tier, let's say you're making three million. Oh yeah, a year, and this kid's asking for like two million. <laughs> it's like, hold on, now you're getting too close, you know, to to my salary, and a coach is not going to want to have that challenge to where you know you're debating salaries, uh, 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 one of your players versus you. Yeah, like yeah. I kind of, I kind of wish Ryan Day would have gave more of a breakdown, you know, instead of just giving a rough number. Because I, I, you run the numbers, you say $13 million is what you need. You mm-hmm. got 85 scholarship players. That breaks down to about $153,000 a player. Correct. Now, granted, the 85th person on that list is not going to make $153,000. No, because your quarterback's going to probably make a million or two easily. If not more. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to take that number off the top. And mm-hmm. I, The only thing I wish, I just wish we'd have got a better breakdown. I don't mind it. Like I said, I, I like it that it, at least a coach finally came out and said, hey, this is what I need to pay my roster yeah. to be where we're at year in, well, year out. Well, the thing is, it's also a recruiting tactic also to not say. Because if you go out there and say, okay, I'm going to break it down and say, well, I'm offering my quarterback $2 million. Yeah, that's there's, true. Other, there's other people can offer more than two million dollars. <laughs> that's all they offer you. Now, now you're putting yourself in a bidding war. But if you just yeah. give me 13 million, let me decide how to distribute it, or it needs to be distributed. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm not saying how much this quarterback's gonna get. All I need is 13 million for the roster. I'll, I'll deal with what they get. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. you might have a DN that you're like, well, I'm only gonna play my DN seven hundred fifty thousand. Right. And some other schools say, well. We really think DN is a big position, so we're going to pay them a million and a half. Correct. Yeah, so I, I could see that. I didn't think about that from yeah. that angle. But with all that being said, let's go on and jump into these teams we got. So our first team is we got right here is Ohio State. Last year, Ohio State, 11-2, and two, big Rose Bowl win. They didn't show up against Oregon at all at home. It's, it's it's kind of a hard transition. C.J. Stroud last year, you know, 4,400 yards, 44 touchdowns, six interceptions, 72% completion percentage. and But the big games, the Oregon game, that was a big game. Yeah, that right. was a big noon game, right. big game at home. You got Oregon traveling across the country. You were supposed to win to Oregon during the COVID year, but it didn't work out that way. So you had Oregon coming to your house. So kind of you got the advantage. And in that game, he was mid to subpar. Ran through the Big Ten and all that. Got to Michigan, which Michigan had a very solid team last year. And that game, he just, he competed, but he just couldn't get that extra oomph. Which is hard to say because, honestly, I think coming into this year, I think C.J. Stroud is probably the leading Heisman candidate coming into this year. At 11 and 2, and I think it kind of showed out in the Utah game mm-hmm. in the Rose Bowl. I mean, but even in that game, they had to fight to come back. They did. Their kicker made a, I want to say, a 30 something yard field goal to win the Rose Bowl. Right. They did. Even with the firepower and the offense that they had last year. Yeah. And in fairness, because I'm checking out, in fairness to that also, that was his first year starting. Oh, of course. So yeah. he's basically. His rookie season starting, so he's still getting acquainted with 
you know, reading defenses, coverage, and things of that nature. I'm I'm just kind of looking at now that Oregon game was somewhat of an early game. Oh yeah, no, it was at the very beginning of yeah. the year. I want to yeah. say like second week, third second, week. Yeah, you're talking like that. second week, second start. Yeah, of his career. True. True. You know, so he's he's still in the learning phase. Oh yeah. You know, well, I mean, he had that year sitting behind Justin Fields. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's still you got to translate to the field. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's different from wearing a ball cap and a clipboard than it is getting out there and real action getting hit. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's you know so that and in fairness and like I said in fairness and it still was a, a close game. Oh yeah, but no, in fairness, it was close. he was just he was just kind of getting his feet wet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and it, as you see, he progressed as the year went on. I know it's the big problem that he had was when he started getting pressure from that defensive line. Yeah. Because that's the problem that he had against Oregon, and that was the problem that he also had against Michigan when they had those two DNs out there. But, I mean, they do lose Chris Olave. They lose Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. which are big losses. I mean, right. First-round picks, I think they went back-to-back right. in the first round. I mean, right. they had Jamison Williams or whatever went to pick right before them. Right. So, <laughs> And he didn't play there last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'd have a they have an abundance of riches at wide receiver. I mean, they got returning back. They got Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, it's so crazy. All the hype and all the expectation, and maybe this is why this happened, mm-hmm. was because everybody's paying attention to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. He had Jackson Smith out there, <clears throat> and he ended up having 95 catches, 1,600 yards, both Ohio State records. And nine touchdowns. And then that ball game he had in the Rose Bowl, I mean, that <laughs> that was a great game of all time for a mm-hmm. wide receiver. Right. And there again, like it, the thing is you want to see if it carries over now. Teams are having more time to scout you, mm-hmm. game plan against you, and then uh, can you, uh, you know, come through. <clears throat> and, that, and I think I, we'll see how much, which we knew they played a part, Olave Wilson. Oh, yeah. Um, but how much they really played a part in, you know, teams giving up certain things to try to cover those guys and the other guys were able to just work. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, the last thing you wanted to do was have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson burning. Yeah. So you're yeah. like, all right, well, I don't know who this Jackson Smith and Jigba is, so we'll just we'll leave him open, but we'll cover these two because we know these two. Yeah, we'll make him beat us. Exactly. And then they also have uh, Marvin Harrison's son coming in. Yeah, junior. They do. Yeah, he was there last year, but this year he's coming in. Spring game, he looked good. He did. I mean, if he's a quarter of what his daddy was. Right. <laughs> I mean, his daddy was, and Marvin Harrison was money. Yeah. yeah. All day. And he, he can was. benefit because now you got two guys ahead of you like last year, and then mm-hmm. the third, fourth guys were able to work. So Yeah, and then maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. puts up numbers like, Jackson Smith and Jigba did last year right. because now you know who the focus is on. That's right. It's going to be those two guys. And then, of course, the run game. Like, yeah, where they had Travion Henderson. And I told everybody last year, that kid right there, that kid is a beast. He ran for 12, 50, and 15 touchdowns last year as a freshman, which is great. They threw the ball way more last year than what they had in the past. But that that running back, they got Henderson. I'm uh-huh. telling you, that kid right there. If they want to get back to where they was, like in 2019 with J.K. Dobbins, when they got to the playoff, then they played and they beat 
Clemson, and then they lost. Well, they lost the game to Alabama in the championship game. But that year, J.K. Dobbins had 2,000 yards rushing in 2019. They lost to Clemson. Or no, that's the year they lost to Clemson. The year they should have played LSU in the championship game. And that was that whole Sean Wade targeting penalty, which was whatever. (laughs) To this day, if you tell me, if they don't call that penalty and inject them that, Trevor Lawrence ain't making no 60-yard run to seal that game at the end because that kid that he's juked, with Sean Wade, they just laid the wood and put that hit on his chest. But that's for a discussion on another day. <laughs> but I, I think that, that Travion Henderson, he was the number one running back coming out that year, mm-hmm. the year before last. And he, oof, that kid right there, they get that kid running, they get him about 1,500 yards. Yeah. I don't see a team that could beat them, at least in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about a team possibly, a couple of teams possibly here later um, that can challenge them. I mean, there were some there were some opportunities in the, in the passing game last year that was able to kind of move the ball on them. Defense was kind of able to keep the offense somewhat at bay and mm-hmm. kind of get more opportunities and more shots on the field. So we'll we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, the D coordinator they got from Oklahoma State. Oh yeah, Jim Knowles yeah. comes from Oklahoma State. And that's that and there again is what I was talking about there. There's some opportunities for teams to take some shots and move the ball. Normally how you wouldn't see teams, you know, move the ball on Ohio State cuz you're used to the guys like Chase Young. Oh, you yeah. know, Sean Wade's on there. You know, it's pretty much kind of, you know, got the quarterback pretty much controlled in the backfield. But Without that pressure now, just coming from the front four and not blitzing, mm-hmm. then, you know, teams able to, you know, kind of move the ball, take some more shots on you. Yeah, I think Jim Knowles can get that defense turned around. He said during the spring game, he said, I'm not going to show nothing. So, whatever y'all want to take from it, you can take from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their first game is Notre Dame. So, yeah. at least they had the intelligence to think, hold on, I'm not going to sh- – because you can't hit the quarterback in the spring game anyway. So, right. why show all these exotic blitzes and all this other stuff? Let's just play cover one, cover three, man-to-man, that's it. I mean, he, he turned Oklahoma State last year, which was my surprise team, but we didn't have this back then, so nobody knew. <laughs> and he turned them into a top-five defense. If he turns this Ohio State team into a top five defense with this explosive power they have on offense, hey, Ryan Day might have a chance to actually be the last man standing this year. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's got to get through his conference. I mean, he he normally have one slip a year that he shouldn't have, mm-hmm. and hopefully it doesn't cost him. Yep. Our next team that we got up is Michigan. Jim Harbaugh. What happened to him in the offseason this year, Taz? Yeah, interesting. Headline news. Got, a little bit. Got, got all the attention, uh, even around signing day. Where was he on national signing day, Taz? Uh, it's actually uh, word on the street. He was <laughs> interviewing for an NFL job. Yeah. How, how does that happen? And then how do you come back once you're like, oh, well, no, they don't want me. So, hey, y'all want me back? That's difficult. Yeah, but well, you know it wasn't a favorable, favorable thing with the coaches and fan base. Definitely the coaches because you saw what happened. Once mm-hmm. the return happened, you, you lost OCDC. You lost some coaches. Yeah, you lost yeah. a lot of coaches that yeah. thought they might have been the next up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you you know got your hopes up and thinking, hey, who knows the conversation he was having with them. 
Mm-hmm. And it gave him the idea of, hey, yeah, this thing may go through and then you may be the next guy up, you know, and then it doesn't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. And then he's back and say, oh, um, sorry, <laughs> you got to move over, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe next time. But it, it, you can tell it rubs some people the wrong way. So now it's like, OK, <clears throat> where do you go from here? Do you just plug and play? Everything is fine. Shake hands, hugs. Yeah, I mean, you can't sweep it under the rug. Yeah. What happened, happened. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's an unfortunate event, but how would that go? The thing I, that would concern me when I came back is, like we talked about earlier, and you know more about this than I do, is mm-hmm. that the negative recruiting. Of course. Of course. I mean, they're always going to say, you know, he's got one foot out the door. Right? But only he can approve everybody wrong. I mean, he can, and he don't even have to prove it. He can just say, you know, well, you believe me or don't believe me, you know, but, yeah. but uh, you, you have to convince, you know, your, your boss, you got to convince your, your team. And this is what it's about your team, your staff. They got to be convinced that you're all in because if they're not convinced you're all in, they're not going to be all in. I mean, and then how do you do that? I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that Harbaugh is going to have to deal with this year. I mean, yeah, he's got eight starters returning on offense. He's got both those quarterbacks, Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy mm-hmm. coming back. But how do you sell future recruits? And, no, I'm really here. Just because you come out and say, oh, no, I came back because I'm really here and I want to do things great. Mm-hmm. No, you're only here because nobody else picked you up. You still went and did the interviews. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a difference from – getting hearsay where they're like hey we want to interview so-and-so and you're like no nah, i'm good and you kind of do it under the table but when you come out just blatantly and mm-hmm. say yeah no i'm going over here on national signing day national signing yeah, day when guys dude. are coming uh signing their letter intense yeah dude there ain't no way i'd put a michigan hat on that day i'm sorry i'm just being real if I heard that my coach, my head coach that I committed to mm-hmm. is in Minnesota or wherever he was to interview for the head coaching spot, oh, whoever else was on my list, I'd have gave him a call before I put that hat on. Yeah. But then there again, there's a challenge. Because you got to think a lot of teams now with this early signing period pretty much stacked up at positions. I mean, they were kind of limited by that time. Yeah. Of what they can hand out. Now, like I said, if you're a good enough kid, they'll they'll, they'll make room for you. Oh, you'll find room for me? Oh, yeah. I'm five-star. Yeah, you... you Wide receiver, yeah, you got room for they, me? They, yeah. They, Six, four, two, ten. They'll make room for you, but I mean... <laughs> but, if it's, it, but if it's a guy that, you know, they've already loaded up on your position, I mean, even at the time, transfers were still popular. True. You know, um... So they, they could have lowered up on your position possibly, and then it's like, man, what's my options now? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, and you put the kids in the predicament. Yeah. Yeah, you, you put do. Them, yeah. Because what's the kids supposed to think? Well, hell, I committed to him, but I don't know if he's even going to be yeah, here. Yeah, and not only that, you've already prepared to move in. Yeah. You know, enroll and, early and exactly. get started. So, And you hold out, and you have to declare this day. It's National Signing Day. You can't say, oh, I'm going to wait a week and figure out what No, happened. then someone else can take your spot. Yeah, yep, you, yep, you know. that's what I'm saying. But there again, like I said, with, with a prestige school like Michigan, you still can't go wrong? No, no, regardless of who they put in yeah. there, you know, you'll still be a, all right. You'll still have a chance to get mm-hmm. to the next level at a mm-hmm. blue blood school like that. And then you got at least a year or so to think about it because you, got, <laughs> you always got that ticket. 
Yeah, you got the golden ticket. Every year ticket. you can transfer if you want. Yeah, yeah, with it. I'm out we'll, of here. We'll see how it work out. If not, then, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. I would have went to the other school, I thought. Yep. I mean, their D-line this year is a little thin. They got a new defensive coordinator. Their coordinator last year, Mike McDonald, is actually Jim Harbaugh's brother's defensive coordinator at Baltimore. Yeah. I'd be like, damn, bro, you 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 ain't got to get me like that. You can't find your own D coordinator. Well, being there again, though, who reached out to who? True. And did he think he wasn't going to be there? And he thought, well, I'll be at Minnesota. Right. So if you want him, then you can have him. And we'll yeah. just leave Michigan, my alma mater, high and dry. Yeah, who reached out to who? Mm. You know, doing that process, you know, while you're over there interviewing, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't. You really I mean, don't. You know, maybe, maybe John thought that, hey, since Jim's over here interviewing, let me go on and steal his DC real quick. Yeah, because he ain't coming yeah, back. Yeah, because you don't, you don't really know. I mean, word is, I mean, they're looking to to um, promote Gaddis as mm-hmm. the head coach. Yeah, but what if they didn't promote Gaddis and then they chose to go out and maybe bring someone else in? Mm-hmm. Now, this defensive coordinator and the rest of the coaching staff is in limbo. Yeah. I got to make a decision. I got a family to feed. Your brother has a job opening. He said, I can have it. I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm gone. He gone. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't, you know, I don't blame the dude for taking it, but he, unsure of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Man, you got to go with the sure thing. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, you got. Yeah. So let's move on to what they call the quote unquote little brother of Michigan, which has been kind of the big brother last year. Mm-hmm. They was when they went and played Michigan last year and beat them. We got 11 and 2. Michigan State team, Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker seems like he's turning around pretty well out, out there. Yeah. Michigan State always was pretty – even with Antonio, they were pretty stable. Now, they weren't consistent every year. I mean, they'll have that one good year. They're solid. And then, some, you know, they'll take a step back yeah. here and there. And a I lot mean, of times it was, you know, at the quarterback position. Yeah, depending on who their quarterback is. I wonder if Mel Tucker has one of those built-in – Contracts like D'Antonio had where, oh, if I make a bowl game, I get an extra year added to my contract. Yeah. Because he was almost a lifer. And he would have been if it wasn't for the whole, yeah, yeah, the other stuff. Correct. But, and I started looking through him. I was like, man, 11 and 2. I was like, there's got to be something. There has to be something that they're just dominating these other teams at. Because, you know, they always say stats don't lie. Well, apparently for Michigan State, stats do lie. Because <laughs> in scoring... They were 54th in the country. They were 10th in the Big Ten. Russian, yeah, they ran the ball well. They was 4th in the conference, 15th in the country. But then I'm like, okay, but Mel Tucker defense. You know what I'm saying? Michigan State defense, hard-nosed defense. They were last in passing and total yard defense. Yeah. Passing, I'm sorry, offense. And it was 130th and 111th. I'm like, but they're not moving the ball. I'm like, what what are they doing? Turnovers, look at that, pretty even. Mm -hmm. Man. They're either even or they're behind the teams they're playing, but they went 11-2. and two. I was like, I don't understand what it is. So I kept looking, digging deeper, digging deeper, digging deeper, digging deeper. Their red zone touchdown defense is 49%. When they get to the red zone, they score a touchdown about almost 70%. I was right. like, there we go. But that falls back to Taz's favorite defense. Yeah. Bend and don't break, right, Taz? You can say that. I mean, it, it's my favorite one to talk about, but it, I don't think it's my favorite defense. You know, it's one to talk about. It's like, hey, why, why would you play a bend, don't break defense? You're allowing, pretty much allowing them to come into the red zone. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at red, red zone scoring, mm-hmm. 
they was about even with their opponents. Mm-hmm. The only difference was they capitalized more on touchdowns than their opponents did. So, I mean, I guess that kind of works because that's a four-point swing, but I still don't get it. I would think that strategy probably eventually changed. Was this like his third year? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Third, fourth year, something like that. I mean, count COVID if you count it. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that strategy is going to stand up for mm-hmm. long. You know, no, I don't, I don't either. They got a freshman kicker in coming in this year and he replaces last year's starter Coughlin, mm-hmm. which went 12 and 19 on field goals. But somehow he was a record setting kicker. I don't get it, but well, whatever. I mean, you got to compare him to the previous kickers. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Michigan State will be competitive next year. And then our next team that we got, we got Penn State. Mr. James Franklin. Mm-hmm. Is he trending downwards? It's kind of hard to say with Franklin. But you would think they would be far longer than what they are, considering Michigan State was pretty, like I said, up and down for the most part with with D'Antonio's career. Now, Tucker's coming in. He's bringing in another philosophy, probably a whole another strategy, how to recruit, how they play offense, defense, stuff like that. So, with Wisconsin's been down from their standards. Yeah. I was another hit-and-miss type team. So, you had an opportunity to really take that next step, but I don't think they've taken the next step. Yeah. The problem is... From 2016 to 2019, mm-hmm. they had three 11 win seasons in four years, mm-hmm. and it's like ever since COVID hit, it's turned that program upside down. Yeah, when the COVID the COVID year, remember they lost their first five. It was on five, and right. I was like, oh man, we about to fire Franklin. Right, we, we ain't gonna have that here. Right, but it was kind of like you know COVID. That's that Walsh year. I don't I don't think nobody if someone got fired during COVID mm-hmm. as a head coach in college football, then you just you had a track record of not doing well. Yeah. And then he finished four and five. Yeah. You know, he he kind of brought it back respectable. But then Mm -hmm. last year, non-COVID year, he went seven and six. Mm -hmm. And went to a bowl game, but... mm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because Michigan State and Michigan hadn't been that stable. No. You know, I mean, Michigan for Michigan State was the, the team they always talked about for the most part was going to challenge Ohio State. Oh yeah, you know, what I'm yeah. saying so. Penn State had the opportunity to kind of say, no, 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 we we we're going to take that next step. You know what I'm saying? And we'll we'll I mean, because they recruited well. I mean, I'm talking about you had dudes like Mika Parson, mm-hmm. that that Dotson, that receiver. Oh yeah, I mean a strong run game. So you had everything Saquon there. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So you had you had dudes there that where you can take take that next step, but sometimes you can kind of see with decision making, and and I think sometimes analytics played a part into decision making. Analytics. There again, I think it, it played some parts into some games probably lost. You know, so that, that's the thing. You you got to coach smart, but you got to coach aggressive in this league right here. You got to be competitive. You know, year in and year out against them. How good do you think their new defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz, is going to go there? Well, you just look at Manny. Why <laughs> Why is Manny there? <laughs> Manny was a head coach. No, he was a substitute teacher. But it, it, with a head coach title. Exactly. So he was a head coach, and now he's your D coordinator. Well, maybe. If he can focus more on the defense... And not have to worry about everything else. Okay, so maybe he but, can average giving up two hundred and fifty yards a game well, that's on the, the ground. Thing. So he was a the coordinator before a head coach. 
Correct. So he had this title before. Yeah. Several times. A couple times. Yeah. Um, Texas. True. Mississippi State. Oh, yeah, that's right. Miami. He's Ooh. had this title before. Ooh. This is the first time he had this title. That's it's, true. Ain't first rodeo. Manny. <laughs> so there's trending. Like I said, I don't need to jump on him. I mean, just check for yourself. Check his yeah. history. Check the stats. Check his history. I mean, yeah. you know, who knows? Sometimes, sometimes you can you can find a place that suits you. You know, D coordinator and I would say this would probably be better for him because you know, up north it gets cold. Mm-hmm. You run the ball more, and we'll talk about quarterbacks in this conference in the next division episode. So you run the ball more. It's mm-hmm. more three yards in the cloud of dust because it's so damn cold and you can't throw the ball when it feels like a rock. But, but Manny's rush defense, how'd that go against Wisconsin and Bogan? Well, that, that's interesting you brought up Wisconsin. <laughs> now, you won't see them every year, but you will see them again. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll probably see more teams that will watch that film. They're going to they're gonna remember you. And there will be more Wisconsin teams on this oh, schedule. A, oh, we've seen this defense before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we we feasting on this one. That that would be a circle game. Now, like granted, like I said, you Ooh. won't see it. It's good. You don't see them every year. <laughs> College football is a copycat league. So yeah, do you think who um who gets Penn State first game? Illinois. Illinois mm-hmm. gets Penn State their first game. Brett Bielema, Big Ten football guy, Wisconsin guy, Wisconsin guy. That's familiar with running the ball. Yeah. So against the Manny Diaz defense, it only it only takes one guy to expose you. I think that might happen week one. It takes one guy to expose you. It and, might be week zero. And, I don't know which. And one everybody play, else but, is going to copycat you. Yeah, this is the thing. And, and another thing, I think, which he he has he do has a benefit. To be fair, he's got Franklin as the head coach to help motivate the defense. Oh, they don't give a damn what you motivate. Well, it, it does. It does because <laughs> he, it's like him. he himself as a leader couldn't couldn't grab his team and motivate his team. No. And you can see that. They, they didn't just follow him. Yeah. But if you have someone else that stands above you and like, hey, follow me. Give me that energy. That ain't going to teach you how to tackle. No, but I'm going to bring that energy out of you. You got some help bringing the energy out. And you have more eyes. True. You know, I can I can see what you don't see and kind of help you out here. True. And they do bring back Clifford. It's his sixth year. I mean, he was mm-hmm. up and down. Wish he washed out. I don't know. He was injured towards the end of the last year, so that kind of hurt him a little bit. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sold on him. And then they do lose their number one running back, Noah Kane. He dipped out and left the LSU. Yeah, I, th- I still think they're going to be solid, though. I still think no, they'll still be solid. Back. Yeah, they'll you be know, solid. They would, use, they would go three deep running back. Yeah, yeah. And they got a freshman that we'll talk about later that we right. think is going to make a big, big impact for Penn State this year. Yeah, so hopefully with Penn State and, and their defense, it'll be more as iron sharpened iron. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah, I'm just saying because see, if you you have a lackluster <laughs> offense, dude, you can't you can't help your defense get better. No, not at all. You know what I'm saying? But if not you if you have a like I said, they have a strong run game. They can, will. That they can will. that can yeah. help and give them some looks and practice to kind of help them. <laughs> I guess in practice, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Change the philosophy. There we go. Manny Diaz, the savior. Yeah. Penn State football going to turn around. There you go. There we go. All right. <laughs> Keep an eye on that one. Oh, yeah. We will all year.
Stay in tune, folks. Uh, all right, our next one we got is Maryland. Mike Lockley. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing a great job at Maryland. Yeah, I, th- I think so. So it's just, um, like I said, following, following the Maryland for the last few years, um, injuries. Oh, man. They've really been you taking them. So they it was one year they lost like, the top three quarterbacks. Some three or four quarterbacks. Yeah. And then they're playing wide receiver at quarterback one year. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's trying to keep these guys Something healthy. in the water up there, I guess. Yeah. And he drink some more milk or something like that. I don't know what's going on, but Cats was getting hurt up there. Yeah. So now he has a you know a returning quarterback. True. So that with 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 helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you have that to a little brother, ain't it? To a little brother. Yeah. Was once committed to Alabama with two also. Yeah. Trying yeah. followed Lockley over. So mm-hmm. I think yeah that that helps. You got a returning quarterback. You know, it's kind of easier right there as far as what you got behind center. Get guys in position, pretty much be the field general on the offense side of the ball. Now they added a piece, man, which is kind of hurtful to a certain team. But they added Jacob Copeland for Florida. Really? Yeah, dude. He was, I mean, spring game. There again, spring game. True. But you can see he can be a focal point of that offense now. Oh yeah, I mean that could be his go-to receiver now. Yeah, yeah. But it takes it takes the heat off of some of the other receivers also that probably would have been drawing that double team. So it kind of opened things up a little bit. So I think you know with him. Staying, staying healthy with Tua because they've True. been they've been they've been hit with the bug, man. <laughs> you know, at that quarterback position, so you got to keep keep that guy healthy and upright. What's funny though is now that we look back, maybe that was um, the way DJ Durkin was coaching these kids. Yeah, but that's another discussion yeah, for another time. Move on, let <laughs> him move on right there. Yeah, they got a pretty favorable schedule this year. Mm-hmm. They do. I mean, winnable games. Bowl game seems completely within grasp. Competing for the division, maybe not quite yet, just because this division is so top-heavy. But finishing middle of the pack with their schedule they got, I mean, they're they're making progress. They're definitely they making progress. But, you know, the challenge to the, the big boys at the top, those three to four, I mean, they they can make some noise. But that's the thing. It's, it, it comes down to, you know, those – Drives to where you know I'm not just wasting drives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? no, you can't waste a drive, not in Maryland. Yeah, I mean, because okay. you see a lot of times they just come out of even the first, they just kind of waste a drive, they get behind in downs, mm-hmm. and then they say, "Well, we're just running and we'll punt." You yeah. know, so I mean, sometimes you know you don't don't waste the opportunity because you never know the opportunity may be limited. Yeah, yeah, you're only going to get so many, and you got to hope you don't turn it over or anything else happen. Right. Or anything like that. This year, though, they got eight starters on offense returning. Mm-hmm. Got seven on defense. Mm-hmm. The main thing they got to work on is turnover margin. You cannot finish minus six in turnover margin right. you at gotta, all. You got to protect. And and then like a, a lot of that, I think, is um, just kind of watching them play is too a lot of times. He's, he's aggressive. Um, oh, yeah. And trying to make some passes fit. Yeah, I he'll mean, take some shots. Yeah, he takes shots in there. So, like I said, with that at least being a returning guy, and watching his film, yeah, I mean, he go back and study himself. He's like, hey, look, sometimes I just got to take the check down. Yeah, and he also has to realize, too, he don't have the athletes that his brother had at Alabama either. Yeah. He's yeah. got good athletes, but not the elite athletes. Yeah, he just, like I said, he got to go and he got to go check himself and make sure, you know, it's like, look, maybe I shouldn't have made that throw. Maybe I should have just dumped it off to the running back or tight end. Oh, yeah. They say you never go broke if you make a deposit in the bank. Not at all. Check it down. Keep it moving. That's it. Keep it moving, man. Move the change. <laughs> there we go. All right. Our next team we got here is Indiana. 
Indiana came into the COVID year, uh-huh. lit the world on fire. Six and two, they play Ohio State tough that year. Tough man, they could have won that game at Ohio State that year. Uh-huh. And come into this year, preseason hype, all the hype they got. Number seventeen from the poll coming in, and what do they do? They go two and ten. Yeah. Worst season since twenty eleven when they went one and eleven. Yeah, when things and like that's the thing though. It's like certain teams with that with that hype coming in. Can you can you sustain the the publicity, man? I mean, can you take it? Because now you're not the the one that's just targeting. You're being targeted now. Oh yeah, everybody, you on their radar. Mm-hmm. And they know what you can do. You went toe to toe with Ohio State, so it's like, oh no, we're gonna keep an eye on them. Yeah, I mean, during the COVID year, they beat Penn State. Mm-hmm. They did. They went toe-to-toe and probably should have won that game against Ohio State. They had almost everybody coming back. They did. I mean, there was no reason why this team should have went 2-10 and 10 last year. But there again, I mean, this, I mean their, their division is, is, is strong. I was or getting stronger. Oh, yeah. You know, One, probably the, I would say, second-best division in college football. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just a couple mistakes, man, and, and you take a hit. You got to try to keep your guys motivated. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you see, when you see it spiraling down, down heels, like, how can you stop it? Yeah. And it gets really difficult, too, when you start seeing, okay, we got Michigan State this week, Michigan the next one, mm-hmm. Ohio State the following, maybe Iowa across the road, and then um, Penn State again. And it's like, how do you, how do you keep, that, keep that car on the road? Mm-hmm. I mean, because this season – Right there, I mean, just between Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, and depending on who you pull on the other side, you can lose almost half your season in a handful of games, and now you don't have really nothing to play for. Yeah, and then once that that hit takes, man, it's like, you know, it goes downhill, man. It's hard to pump the brakes on it, mm-hmm. you know, because every year you're getting hit, 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 hit every week, and then, you know, hopefully you can grab a grab a open week <laughs> Hopefully get a buy to get yeah. healthy, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, it makes it so difficult. And that's why I think it's so hard for the Indianas and the Rutgers. And I don't want to say the lower-level teams or the Marylands, but this, this division is just so stacked. I mean, yeah, you can't it, take a week off, and mm-hmm. you got to you got to hit on your recruits. And that's you it. Do. Yeah, yeah. And – and you had the opportunity, just like everybody had the opportunity to retain, you know, your your super seniors mm-hmm. for a year or two to kind of get better. Some some teams really took advantage of the super senior thing, yeah. You know, and it got stronger and built more debt. Yeah. Or I mean, you pull a non conference team like Indiana did this year, and you end up saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna sign up Cincinnati because you know they make these schedules six years out, eight years out. Cincinnati right. wasn't Cincinnati they are right now, and now <laughs> Cincinnati's a top-ten team. You know, you, you take those chances of scheduling, you know, teams. You know, because, I mean, you can go FBS all, all day long. Somewhat strengthen your schedule. And West Two Kentucky, or three yeah. are some tough teams. Yeah, they put up some numbers in the passing game. And then last year you end up going 0-9 in the conference. Mm-hmm. You lose two of those. You're one in eleven, one game at a time. That's the, that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. You can't you can't have them guys looking ahead. That's you, true. You I don't mean, you don't have that luxury. You can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, you can't you can't you gotta. That's what I'm saying. As a staff, you gotta try to keep them 
Guys focus at the task at hand. We focus mm-hmm. on this team at this point in time. Next week we'll get to them. Right now, we we focus on this. Oh yeah. So they got a pretty difficult schedule. Tom Allen might be on the hot seat. Depends on what the expectations. Another two and ten year, I think they will, especially after the great COVID year they had. So but we're gonna keep it moving and we're gonna move on to Rutgers. Greg Shiano is back. Yeah, but can he get them back to where they once were? Honestly, I think if you give him time, he can. Yeah. I mean, he was there for about 10 years from 01 to 2011 the first time. And then you look back in 06, about mm-hmm. midway through, mm-hmm. he went 11-2. and two. Now, granted, that's the Big East. They ain't the Big Ten. Right. He got up to number seven in the country after he upset number three, Louisville, which mm-hmm. is Purdue's head coach was the quarterback right. at Louisville that year. And that's the year he had Ray Rice, <laughs> mm-hmm. which we won't speak on. <laughs> but And then in 07, back the next year, he upset number two, South Florida at home. That's when that was the ESPN commercial when all those fans they just keep chopping wood. Right. Keep chopping wood. So, so, you know, he, he can motivate his team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he can for motivate. Sure. And he can develop some players mm-hmm. uh, on that team. So, yeah, I, I think he I think he can get by. It's, it's a challenge. Like I said, it's a it's a one-year, one-week-at-a-time thing. You oh, know? yeah. Because, like I said, if you're not hitting it, it's a lot easier when you're hitting on the top guys. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. And getting enough of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's the thing, getting enough of them. So I think he'll be okay. If Rutgers, Rutgers can, you know, give him time. You know, he's one, and I think he's comfortable being there. He's been there before. And comfortable, you know, saying, you know, I, he don't have that pressure on him. No, You know, no. I got to win now. And he knows how to recruit the area. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was there for 10 years the first stint. He was. He went 68 and 67 the first go around. He's 8 and 14 right now, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. That's all right right now for Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Last year, he got the benefit of going to a bowl game. In the Gator Bowl, because A&M said, we don't want to play in that game for, and I don't care what nobody said, they didn't want to get beat by Wake Forest, but mm-hmm. that's another discussion for another time. I think the thing that benefit Rutgers the best, they got more reps. You, could, you get more practices. You go to bowl, you get bowl mm-hmm. practices. Mm-hmm. Other schools, you can't have those type of practices. Mm-hmm. So how will that help them out moving forward? Because they got a lot of, a lot of young guys. Mm-hmm. reps and experience and then they had a taste of you know a bowl game yeah so i think that i think that's huge i think oh, it's yeah. huge and like i said it's, it's another team when you start talking big 10 it's not the first team that pop out at you no no not right you know what I'm saying? so no. they don't have they don't have all that high expectation on on them per se from the outside now of course inside yeah of course and fan base they yeah. always you know gonna have high expectations but they don't have it from the outside, the pressure, where they're going to be reading in the media, you know, how great they are. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They're going to be playing the underdog role. Uh, every week. In the spoiler I mean, role. every week. Yeah. Except for, I mean, maybe even against Maryland or Indiana, it mm-hmm. might be even. But mm-hmm. every game after that, yeah, they're the underdog. Yeah, you play underdog. So that's a good, it, it doesn't seem like it's a good position, but it's somewhat of a good position to be. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to come in and, and, like you said, chop wood. That's it. Keep chopping wood. I That's mean, it. And Graciano seems like the type of coach that is a Rutgers type of coach. Mm-hmm. He does. And I don't think they're one of those schools. I mean, I mean, look at his history that he had in the, in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got that team to where, they, like I said, Grant, the Big East or whatever. But still, I mean, I think he can keep just keep chopping wood. 
I mean, he's got his quarterback coming back, got 10 starters on offense back. So the offense will be way better. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we talked about with Indiana, Maryland will be competitive. They're starting to get better and move up. Mm-hmm. But Rutgers, I mean, honestly, I was looking at their schedule and everything earlier. I think the Minnesota game, that's going to decide if they end up going to a bowl game or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you can bring that excitement back to the to the fan base, man, and, and to that to that team, I think they can get back. Because I, I think they can get back because it's the lack of pressure on them. Yeah. You know, now you now your team can play loose. And do what you do. And just do what you do. Just get better. And you just That's it. get some players, develop them. Mm-hmm. And like I said, all of a sudden you start hearing about this kid over here that you never heard about before. Yep. And now he's got like four of them. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden Ruckus like, oh, where did Ruckus come from? Yeah. Now they're winning eight games. Right. You know? And right. winning six games in their division. Mm-hmm. You're like, hold on. How they upset mm-hmm. this big school or that big school? Mm-hmm. They did. So that's our breakdown for all the teams in the conference or whatever for the Big Ten East. And now we'll look at some of the games to watch coming up this upcoming season from the division. The first one I got that I put on the list is Notre Dame at Ohio State September 3rd. Mm. That's going to be an interesting game. Whoever wins or loses that game, I think, is going to really veer anybody off mm-hmm. of their playoff push. I don't, but I will say this. Whoever loses that game, you better win 11 straight afterwards. Yeah, so this is at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. At Ohio State, Notre Dame coming in, brand new coach. Yeah, brand new coach, but a familiar coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. defense-wise, I mean, everybody pretty much going to be the same over there. I think the routine's going to be the same. I mean, he's a defensive guy, probably going to run the same type of defense. Now, and this is an interesting thing, though, is – both of these teams have a, a full offseason prepared for each other. Yeah. And how are they going to, I mean, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't think Ohio State's going to really overlook them. No. You know, because they're, again, like I said, it's one of those games. And, and he did retain the offensive coordinator also. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of this is going to be familiar to these And it's kids. a 730 night game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think it's a good it's a good opportunity for for both of them, and definitely Notre Dame because I mean you think about it, what, what's Notre Dame really got to lose? No, nothing. I mean they'll both come in; that'll be a top ten matchup preseason. Yeah, it worked. It the, the talk gonna be about Ohio State's quarterback in the offense. Yep. You know it's gonna be about Ohio State. It's mm-hmm. not gonna be really Notre Dame. No. Notre Dame narrative is gonna be fresh year head coach. Yep. You know they retained the offensive coordinator. I mean, can he sustain? You know, Notre Dame being Notre Dame, that's yeah. going to be their narrative. Yeah, and he probably can because he was a D coordinator. Right. So if you retain the offensive coordinator, he's a D coordinator. Everything, yeah. It's business as usual mm-hmm. is what it should be. So mm-hmm. should be a pretty good matchup. But then again, also, too, it might turn into like one of those playoff games when Notre Dame gets into it and gets steamrolled by when they play a real team. But we'll see, we'll see what it does. And then um, September 17th, we got Michigan State going out west to Washington. Mm. That's a long ride. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good non-conference game. Yeah, that's what I was looking forward to it went, if Ohio State would have went to Oregon. And then our next one we got is Michigan goes to Iowa October 1st. I think that would be a really big game for both schools. Yeah, definitely for both schools, especially with the year that Iowa had last year. Start strong. 
Yep. But didn't finish strong. No, not at all. You know, so, well, maybe maybe some of that was scheduling. I don't know. Yeah, it kind of fell off there towards the end. Yeah. They did. And then Michigan, if they want to stay where they was, and this is a rematch of the Big Ten Championship game last year right. where Michigan steamrolled Iowa. Right. So Iowa's had some time to prepare, and they get them at home. Mm-hmm. They're not playing in Indianapolis. So maybe Iowa can turn it around. If not, it'll probably be the same result. And then the next game that we got is we got two games for October 29th, two really big games in this division, Mm -hmm. which this weekend might actually determine the division. We got Ohio State at Penn State, Mm -hmm. which we know will be a whiteout. Definitely a whiteout. That'll be a night game. That's a whiteout. Mm -hmm. And then Michigan State at Michigan. And Michigan State beat Michigan last year, Mm 37-33. So these two, these are the big dogs. Yeah, that that's gonna go a long way because not only is it a conference game and a division yeah, game, that's the division. Yeah, game. that's the top four big dogs. Yeah, right yeah, there. that's what I say. Games. That that weekend right there is gonna start to separate the cream from the crop. Mm-hmm. So that that'll be some really interesting games that weekend. October 29th is gonna be Big Ten football Saturday. I think I'll be watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that we will have something to talk about on Sunday, and then the last game is the big game. We got Michigan at Ohio State. We all know what happened last year with when Ohio State went to Michigan. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud, he just couldn't get on track. He couldn't get past them. And Michigan, dom- I, honestly, I will say Michigan dominated them in that game. Mm-hmm. So now Michigan's got to go to the horseshoe. Is this something that Ohio State can turn the tide on this year? And I'm just noticing a couple of games. Which they, like I said, they're all of them going to be important games. Mm-hmm. But you still have that can move things around. You still have the Penn State Michigan game, mm-hmm. and then you have Ohio State the, play Michigan State yeah. also. Yeah. So, yeah. The good thing is at least all the top four are going to play each other. Yeah, they're going. Yeah, everybody playing everybody. So yeah. that can that can who knows how that can go. Yeah. I mean, you really don't. I mean, it's it's, it's really interesting how it all is going break down in the Big Ten this year. But the good thing is, like we said, they all play each other. And on November 26th, now see, October 29th and November 26th are two big weekends for the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. October 29th is when Ohio State plays Penn State, Michigan State plays Michigan. November 26th is when Michigan plays Ohio State, Michigan State plays Penn State. So those are two really big weekends to look forward to mm-hmm. in this division. That's going to decide it all. I like how the schedule and people put it all pretty much on the same one on both of those weekends. Right. And now be pretty much determine you who wins the division. Yeah. Those, I mean, those two right there, the winner of those will have a lead, but there again, they all got to play each other. Yep. So Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we was going through our players of the year this year in the conference and we pretty much came up to some unanimous decisions our offensive player of the year we think it's going to be that cj stroud i think he has a lot of weapons i think i don't know if he'll duplicate his statistics but i think he'll put up some really big numbers this year who, who we got as our defensive player of the year jack campbell mm. from iowa linebacker mm-hmm. led the country on the four three tackles Really was really I would think the face of that defense. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, and he's back. Yeah, he's back. I mean, that's big for them to have their quarterback on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, and he, if he did 143 last year, he'd probably get up about the same this year, if not a little bit more. 
I mean, of course, people now are going to be looking for him. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, but I think he'll still be solid in stopping the run. And I, I just hope everybody can recognize and see what he did last year. And then our freshman of the year that we came up with is that Nick Singleton. Right. He's a Penn State running back. We talked about earlier that Noah Kane transferred to LSU. What kind of steps and progress do you think Nick Singleton can contribute to Penn State this year? Yeah, going to have a lot of opportunity. Because like I said, as far as me watching Franklin's offense the last couple of years, you're running three three guys strong. Mm-hmm. So that means you're keeping them fresh. <clears throat> and this was a guy that was highly recruited, highly regarded. I don't see them sitting him. No. Um, he's going to get plenty of tuckers. And his legs probably going to be fresher than any other Oh, yeah, I mean, he's 18 years old, <laughs> and he ran for 6,400 yards in high school. I mean, yeah. that, that's a lot of yards, but still, he was just probably running away, running past 16-year-old kids. But right. I think he's going to be a big contributor to Penn State since they lost their leading running back to LSU this year. Yeah, and they we'll see if they depend more on the run game or the pass game. I mean, after losing Dotson, I still think they got a couple guys over there. But you, yeah. you're going to need guys to stretch the field to help that run game out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. And then, all right, so next and finally and foremost we got in this episode, we have our predictions for how we think they're going to finish. And then in the East, I have Ohio State number one. Like I said, their offense, very powerful. Michigan, I think they can get back up to the top. They lose a little bit from last year on the defensive end, but we'll see what they can do offensively. Then I got Michigan State. Mel Tucker's having a pretty good turn it around over there and maintaining what D'Antonio had. And then we got Penn State. Uh, I don't know if finishing at the bottom of the big four can keep them there, but they just gave him a contract extension, so mm-hmm. I guess they're sold on keeping them for a little bit. Then next I got Rutgers. I love what Graciano's doing. Keep chopping wood, fellas. Keep chopping wood. And then we got Maryland. I think might be just one year away from – moving a leap up into the top four in that in that division. And then last but least, I got Indiana. It just, it sucks. They had a lot of hype, and I think the hype's all went away. So, Taz, who do you got, and how you got them finishing in the East? Uh, top, pretty much the same. I'm thinking Ohio State until someone, I think Michigan, you know, that took the crown last year. And yet, I think Michigan lost some players over there, especially defensive-wise. Now, they do get Ronnie Bell back. Now, that dude right there, man, I think he made all of the difference last year because he's able to stretch the field. So we'll see what happens uh, once he comes back and how much that will help that run game. Um, But right now I'm going to Ohio State with the lead. I think Michigan State, I'm I'm looking at Michigan State, they're trending. Even though they went 7-6 last year, but they add some key pieces, I think it's kind of trending upward. I mean, even in the recruiting process, they're bringing some guys in. So I'm going to Michigan State. Michigan the only reason I kind of put Michigan here is kind of the question mark. You don't know how things are going to respond with the uh, Harbaugh episode. You know, he, maybe he can get just keep it on track, get it back on track. But you do lose an offensive coordinator, which he's an offensive mind. He could, who knows if he's going to hit his impact on the offense side. But you lose your D coordinator also. So you lost some key pieces there, I think, to stabilize your team. Uh, number four, Penn State. Now, you know, I wouldn't. 100% confident on this one because uh, Penn State's one of those teams can trend upward or downward. I, I can easily probably maybe put Maryland there in that case, but I think Penn State's going to hold their own probably a little better against the, the big three versus Maryland. 
And, of course, I got Maryland following Penn State, followed by Rutgers and Indiana. You know, so that those are my top picks right there. I mean, we, we kind of discussed the Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana earlier, so I won't hop on them too much. <laughs> <laughs> those are some great picks. And like yeah. I said, we're going to keep track of it through the year. Like I said, it's pretty even, pretty much about the same. I heard that um, the next episode is going to be really interesting when we get to this part. Oh, yeah. It will, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So, overall, that's that, that'll pretty much wrap up our Big Ten East preview show. It will. Like I said, once again, I want to say thank you to all the fans out there. Make sure when you're listening that you download the episodes so that way we get credit for it and everything because we're trying to build this brand up and get everybody out here. About to wrap this one up right here. I think we had a pretty good show today. Um, we want to give a special shout out to a special fan out there that listened to us. Tan, who, who was that that we got the email from? Email came from Austin Long, man. Austin, we, we really appreciate you just as well. The other uh, listeners out there, um, just that Austin, you know, he's, he sent the email. He's, he, we have his name. So any of you want to send us a shout out, man, or, you know, we thank you for the support and feedback. Um, but I'd like to again say, awesome, man. Appreciate you uh, for listening. Hopefully you're still listening. We, we can't wait to hear from more of you. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Make sure if y'all want to email us, you got any questions, something we need to talk about, something we might have got wrong or something you don't like, we're, we're always up for it. We will. You can always email us at collegefootballsunday at gmail.com. We really great, greatly appreciate everybody. And we want to say thank you to all the fans out there. Make sure wherever you're listening, click the download button. Next week, we're going to talk about the Big Ten West and the other division and see what happens over there. Um, I don't really have nothing else. Taz, you good? We good, man. Telling you guys once again, man, all you dads out there, man, and fathers, you know, happy Father's Day. Enjoy your day tomorrow, man. Um, be safe out there, of course. Like I said, it's hot everywhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> everywhere. So, all right, well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Happy Sunday, and we'll do it again for the next one. All right, have a good one. Peace. Peace.